Um, they want us to uh, remind you to fill out the questionnaire. So I guess they want to examine how you are speaking. So I'll be my best behavior. I want to show you a small video. My name is Sarah, but this is not my real name. I'm using it for security reasons. So I was born in a Muslim family. We were born in the Islamic Republic of Iran. I was raised in a very devout Muslim country in a Sunni Islamic home. I grew up in an average American home. I had determined that Islam was the truth. I was a good Muslim, I'm telling you, you know. But I couldn't find myself good enough. I was attempting to justify myself through this false law and it was impossible. I remember opening the window and seeing the creation, the beauty of the creation of God. But where is the creator? And I believe that the creator obviously did not just create us and abandon us, but where was he?
Central Council, Greg. Yes, any other questions? Bangladesh. Bangladesh. Okay. So here, are we covered? Did we finish it right here? India. India, okay. This India, I heard India multiple times. India is the second largest Muslim nation. 20% are Arab speakers from the Muslim world. 1.9 billion Muslims, only 20% are Arab. There is some non-Arab. And the sad part is they cannot read the Quran, the Holy Book of Islam in Arabic. So they tell them what it says. They don't read it for themselves. You know? And that's one of the struggles. I've read the Quran 38 times. And <laughs> the sad part is some verses are beautiful. Some verses are pretty problematic for us. Um, especially on um, killing non-Muslims. So all chapter 9 of the Quran is a war for non Yes, what else? Because I want to be about what God is doing and I see God is doing. 
So since September 11, terrorism increased. It didn't matter what kind of president we had. But at the same time, Muslim coming to faith has increased, and curiosity to know about Jesus increased. So when we started Crescent Project in 93, we did some calls. But after September 11, we have now seven Muslim background Christians on our staff. There are 62 staff, we have 400 volunteers online, and we're working with 72 countries. There's such an openness and curiosity on Muslims. So something's going on, my sister. It's like when you're sailing, and you see where the wind is blowing, you're like, hey, let's raise the sand. Let's catch the wind. Now, sadly, the news doesn't cover anything. Britney Spears did something. We should hear about it. But we don't hear what God is doing. And right now, estimates, minimum estimates, there are 12,000 secret Christians in the country of Afghanistan. That's the minimum. In the country of Iran, 250,000 house churches. That's at least a million, a million and a half people. Now, we haven't reached critical mass, but unheard of. Unheard of. When I became a believer, that was when you rode horse and buggy. <laughs> we out here about somebody can become a believer maybe uh, once every year. Now, every week, we're hearing people getting saved, reading the Bible. We had somebody bring a Christ from Uzbekistan online, in Nigeria, bring a Christ online. So there's something going on. Now, I was born and raised in Beirut, Lebanon. And just briefly, just share with you my story so you know where I'm coming from. Is to be able to share the gospel, you need to touch the mind and you also need to touch the heart. The Bible says you should worship God from all your mind. That's your logic, that's your intellect. Whenever you create something, whenever you produce something, that's praising God. Your iPhone is glorifying God. Somebody used their brain. Okay? Somebody used this when you drive in the car, when you when you're using the ultrasound machine. I remember when my when were, my wife and I were pregnant with the she was pregnant with the first son, you know? First boy. So we're like, hey, we did the ultrasound. What a great idea. But then the Bible says you should worship God from all your heart. What is your heart? Your heart is your will. You don't tell your wife, I love you from all my mind. You say, oh, that's cute. No, I love you from all my heart. So for me, I was growing up in a home in Beirut, Lebanon. And in Lebanon, I hated Jewish people. I hated Israelis. My dad, Lebanese, and my mom is Syrian. So the cousins I have fought in the Golan Heights. Uh, I'm saying cousins who died, so the Israelis were our enemies. The second people I hear were the PMO, because the civil war started, and the Palestinians killed my friend Walid at age 18. Um, he was just walking his own city and he killed him. So I hated the Palestinians, and the war became very ugly, so my heart was very hard. And, uh, and the news here sometimes they just say, oh, there was a car bomb. And you just you know, look at the word car bomb, C A R B O B, and it doesn't make anything. And essentially, a car bomb is usually they take a Cadillac or a Mercedes or a Fiat or a Renault or something made in France, and they pull the upholstery, or they could be a Nissan, into any, any car, pull the upholstery, put dynamite, cover the upholstery, and then they add bags of names so that when it explodes, there's more things flying, shrapnel. Then they put a timer. The timer could be 7 in the morning, 12 noon, 3 in the afternoon, 5. In the afternoon. And then they park the car in front of a Shia mosque, or a Sunni mosque, or a Catholic church, or an evangelical church, if there are churches there, or in front of a school or a university. And so what happens is the car is, you don't know which one's going to explode. You're coming out of school and it explodes and kills people. Hundreds. 
18, 19, 20, or kids, one how long kids, uh, uh, 80 children, ages 9, 10, coming out of the school. And, and the sad part of the explosion happens, uh, the body parts are miles, and the torture is before the explosion, because the torture is like, you don't know which one is going to explode, you know, the Cadillac, the Mercedes, the Ford Pinto, it's okay, the Pinto explode, no, <laughs> but the idea is you have this torture, mental torture. One year in my neighborhood, we had a car bomb in one. And you know, I was a teenager and lost Which one's going to explode? And then, if it didn't explode, my, my grandma lived 10 minutes away from us. If the car bombs explode in her neighborhood, the body parts are in our neighborhood. So you'll be walking and you see a head. Just a head, or half of a head. Like the, the skin of the face, nothing. Or an arm, or half a body. And so, it was like hard. It's like the chain, you know, what is it? Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know? It, it's a hard movement, and my heart was so hard that I said, you know, I don't want to believe in God. If God exists, he's not a good God. I don't want to believe in God. But a friend asked me, Father, if you die tomorrow, where do you go? I said, well, I don't want to believe in God. He said, but if God does exist, it's too late. <laughs> Oops, he's right. So I decided to become agnostic. That's a good word. Is there a God? I don't know. Is there a hell? I don't know. Is there a heaven? I don't know. See, you, there are no hopeful agnostics. An agnostic is somebody who's avoiding the conversation. So I was like a little boat being pushed by the waves. And I said, if God exists, he must communicate. The way God spoke to me was thought one, by the first thing happened, was I can see color. I had a friend in high school who couldn't see color. But he can survive. Why do we see color? Why do we see every sunset in London was beautiful? Every sunrise is beautiful. Without color, it means nothing. It's just black and white, gray, doesn't make sense. So why do we have creatures that can see color? The second thing, Isaac Newton said, your thumb proves there's a God. <laughs> it's amazing. But for me, it was the education. Like, imagine, humans are the only creatures that can learn something, build on it, and then teach someone else how to do it, and that person will learn it and do something. Like, how did you get to iPhone? You know, started with, you know, typewriter. So, this thing said to me, okay, God exists, so let me look at different religions. And what struck me was Jesus was different than anyone else. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd because I take care of the sheep. Wow. All the militia leaders, all these warlords, were sending their men to do suicide bombing. They were like, oh, you, you do jihad for us. They're sending back. They're not doing jihad. They're, their members were doing jihad. Jesus says, no, take care of you. And Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. That's a good one for Congress. And Jesus says, do unto others what you want to do unto you. And Jesus says, love your enemies. I mean, I'm in the middle of the Middle East. I mean, I mean jets flying, bombs. You know, there'll be bombs. We'll be sitting eating dinner. It's only a bomb. You stop and go. You hide. And what here Jesus says, love your enemies. Do not you pay evil with evil. But you pay evil with good. Then Jesus ends with a beautiful statement. I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what the master is doing. I call you friends because I've told you everything from the Father. The Bible is the only book that says you and I can be the friends of Jesus. When you read John 15, 15 and 15, 16 in Greek, the word friends is BFF. Best friends. It's amazing. And so this information was in the mind. How did it come to the heart? During the Civil War, we have uh, family friends that had four kids. The youngest is two-year-old son. So while they're eating dinner, the son's sitting by the father, 
and the son spilled milk. So there's milk everywhere. The dad grabs the son, runs him to the bathroom to wash his hands. And while he's in the bathroom, uh, we live in apartments. Uh, we live in cement buildings, not like you would. A mortar shell, the mortar shells on this day, looks like a good year burn. A mortar shell came through the balcony door, it was open, exploded in the middle of the table, killed the wife and three kids, pieces on the wall. The man survived, picked up a plastic bag, picked up the pieces, and buried his whole family in one bag. And that was the trigger for me to move the information about Jesus from the mind to the heart. So many people say, oh, Jesus is unique, this is special, Jesus is the Savior. The question is, is he your Savior? Has he given you all to Jesus? And for me, that was the trigger. Lebanon did not need more religion. We do not need more religion in the least. We do, not, we do not need more politics. We do not need more weapons. We have weapons, we kill each other with sticks and stones and knives. And what was it? What, last two days, two weeks ago, they got to use a bow and arrow. The problem is not the weapon. Weapons don't kill people. People kill people. We've killed each other with uh, what is it? weapons of mass destruction. They did a chemical attack. Three chemical attacks in Damascus. And the United States didn't mention it until the last one. And they killed kids because the kids died first from chemical attack. Because they're shorter, they're lower on the ground, and the, the, the higher the chemical goes, the more the dissolved it is. So the younger kids die first when there's a chemical attack. And for me, I went to my room, I closed my door, my, my door, I knelt by my bed, and this is what I said. I said, Lord Jesus, forgive me that I hate Jewish people and I hate Palestinians. Forgive me for the sin of murder and sin of hate. The mortars were in Lebanon. I want to be a soldier of peace. The more who's hating this country, I want to be a soldier of love. And God changed my heart. I started praying for the Muslim people. I started praying for the Jewish people. I started praying for the Palestinians. Arafat, the head who's now dead, but Arafat, the head of the, uh, of the militia, would pass behind my house every night, going to the fighting lines from 1975 to 1982, read on that civil war. And God used that civil war to show me that the information about Jesus is there's a way not only to give my life to Christ on the value system or mind system, but it's also really I'm committed to Christ, I'm committed to His teaching. And many times, this is why when we want to talk to Muslims, I need to know about you. You need to fix your heart. Why do I have to fix my heart? Do you want to share the gospel with Muslims? Why do you want to do that? And we'll come to that couple, a couple of things. But in front of the number one thing is Jesus is asking us to share with them. I like to say, want to share with them the truth. Yes, you found something like no one else. And for me, when I talk to them, I say, hey, God changed my heart. God changed my heart to, to love Muslims, to love other people. So my challenge for you is, number one, do you love Muslims? Because if you don't love them, you can't share with them. Okay? It's very important. And Christ says in a beautiful verse in Matthew 28, 18 and 20, He says, all authority has been given to you. That's why I started by saying, we invited you, but God came brought you. Because his will that all, who's stronger, the President of the United States or Jesus? Who's stronger, the President of Iran? Ahmadinejad. Ahmadinejad made a statement. In two years, we'll get rid of all the Christians in Iran. Good luck. 
But me and Lisa here, man, isn't it? Good luck. Good luck, brother. You want to kill all the Christians? Good luck. He said, in two years. By the way, he wrote a letter to George W. Bush. Nobody told me what this is the letter. You know what he was doing, right? He asked your president to become a Muslim. The Islamic Republic of Iran had a president called Ahmadinejad that wrote a letter to the president of the United States asking to convert to Islam. I said to him, maybe, maybe we can write a letter back asking him to become a Christian. Oh, no. Is he nice? But imagine, you know, we don't hear this, but Jesus has a plan. I was so frustrated. There are 69,000 Afghans now in our country. We're helping 23 cities reach out to the Afghan refugees. It's a mess. One Afghan refugee dismantled his bed, took a pipe, and beat up his daughter because she was texting. We don't do that in America. You don't beat your daughter because she's texting. You know? So there's a mess. So as a citizen, I thought, man, what are we doing? But as a believer, 69,000 Afghans who speak Pashto and Dali are in a country, the land of the free home of the brave. So we have now 23 cities working with them to reach out to them and share with them the good news. So God has a plan. Who's that authority? Jesus. He brought you here for a reason. Second, he says to go. The power thing about what we are doing, Jesus told us to go. When people ask you, why are you talking about Christ? I say, well, he told me to tell you. If you have a problem, go talk to him. I'm just going what he wants. <laughs> and Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and more abundance. Amazing. One of my friends, he had a UK believer. I said to him, what do you like about following Jesus? He goes, follow Jesus like owning a Cadillac. <laughs> it's like I was driving a Pinto, but now I was driving a Cadillac. He was understanding that you have so much wealth in Christ. He loves you. The second thing is you are an ambassador. This is very key for us today. You and I represent Jesus. One of the biggest problems sometimes in working with Muslims is people email me and they say, well, I gave them the booklet. So you gave them the booklet. I don't know Jesus and they can become too young unbelievers. It's not, you know, it's not popularity campus. Jesus was the nicest person. And there are people who hated him, right? So it's okay. You and I have done this to love Share with them. Oh, John said, he gives the cure for sin. His name is Jesus. The angel appeared to the shepherd and said, I bring you good news. What is the good news? Apple just came up with a new iPhone. What is the good news? The angel said, the good news today, in the city of Bethlehem, a Savior has been born. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the toys. We're celebrating the Savior has come who can save us, who can change your heart of hate, your heart of love, who can change someone's mind and value system. That's what we're presenting. So we are an ambassador. We are only representing Christ. So I want to push the issue, not only that the reaching Muslims is speaking about Jesus, it's speaking like Jesus. And we'll come to the Samaritan women, there's other stories, but I like the, the song with that one. But the key for us here is you are you are just you. So don't 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 be panicking. Don't panic. I pray the spirit, Lord Jesus, I'm ready to share about you. You open the conversation. Before the pandemic, 2019, I was on a flight from Vienna, Austria to Paris, France. I had spoken six times in six days. I was very tired, and I got the window seat, so I said, great, I put my head in the seat. And suddenly, 
These two guys sit next to me. The guy in the middle, I couldn't tell. He's Frenchman, Moroccan. The guy on the edge, big guy. You know, 6'4, Lebanese average height is 5'5, because we dodge bullets all the time. So we don't get a big guy. And a Liverpool shirt on. So I figured he's talking to him. So I'm very tired. And I put my head, and you know how the. Maybe I should share the gospel. I'm tired. He said, Lord, I'm so tired. I don't want to talk, but if you want me to share about you, I am ready. You open the conversation. Now, my brother and my sister did not ever pray that prayer. They're not ready. He said, Lord, I'm ready, but you open the conversation. The moment I finished, I said, Hi, where are you from? I said, I'm from the United States. Uh, because do you live in Austria? I said, No, I was uh, speaking in Austria. About what were you speaking in Austria? <laughs> okay. I said, well, I was teaching on the Quran and the Bible, how we can build bridges. He goes, you do? Hey, let me show you my Quran. He opened his bag, pulled his Arabic Quran. He goes, I'm from Tripoli, Lebanon. I'm from Beirut, Lebanon. I said, no, why are we talking English? Let's talk in Arabic. He's an engineer. He was, he was coming back from Germany and Austria. And then uh, we had a great conversation. His name was Alman. And was, he told me he downloaded the Bible in French. So we started talking about how we know the Bible has not changed. The reason I'm sharing with you, I was very tired. But God has a different plan for me. That window seat was not just because there. There is no divine appointments. All of them are divine appointments. Every one of them. Because you are an ambassador. You're an ambassador. So fix your heart. When you meet a Muslim, always you're going to be a doctor. I was in Canada, Toronto, Canada, and I noticed that the building we're in has a lot of Pakistanis. And I'm in the elevator with the guy, and I said, Hey, do you talk to the Pakistanis here? He goes, man, they cook with garlic and cabbage and they smell the elevator. What's wrong with garlic? The least brush their teeth with garlic. What's wrong with that? You know? You see, his issue like, oh man, what's wrong with that? You are an ambassador. Fix your heart. Because if you think lower of them, and I'm, I'm not saying it's easy. I've been doing this more than 30 years. Every time, I say, Lord, give me your heart. There is enough things to say, I don't want to talk to us. And sometimes you'll be talking and they're rude to you. Or rude to our Savior Jesus. So you want to talk to us. Second, be friendly. What does that mean? It means create an environment of respect and friendliness. So don't argue. If they always see you as argumentative, then people don't want to talk to you. They say, oh, here comes Fawad. Yeah, we can argue. No, no. So part of what I want to share with you today is the conversations count when you begin the conversation. All of us became believers because somebody started the conversation. Now, if you're not a believer this afternoon, that's fine. We respect where you are, but please stop to me after this. I'd love to tell you why Christ is different than any other person in history. But the idea is today, if you're a believer, you want to come in and create an environment of respect, friendliness. Listen, I was teaching in Columbus, Ohio, and this lady comes up, she goes, my neighbor is from Somalia. She saw her own father tied to a bumper of the car, dragged down the street till he died. Till he died. How should I share the gospel? I said, before we get there, let's, let's pray with this lady. Let's read Psalms for her. She's gone through a PT, uh, PTSD situation. She needs some counseling. So the idea is you want to listen and be a person who creates a friendly and why not argue? Because if they always see you're going to argue, then they don't want to talk. Or you you can pull some Bible verses, you know. And without training, the bridges study, it's online. It's a... Uh, 
it's, it's six sessions. You can do it online, and I'd love for you to go through because it's built up more in depth. But the whole idea is how to take these questions, how to build on those questions, and share the gospel. You know, it's like Christ our Savior. Our Savior, he starts the conversation with the Samaritan woman. How? He sits on the well, and what does he start? The theology of the atonement? Or the theology of the triune God? How does he start? He says, give me water. I just need water. She says to him, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan, how dare you talk to me? And that's what he tells us what happens with Muslims. When he tells the Muslims, he says, oh, are you Christian? I'm a Muslim. But, okay, thank you for starting. For me, I'm Muslim because I don't have to talk about Jesus. They already opened the conversation. I can start immediately. They ask me. So the power, the powerful thing is like, I'll see you speaking like Jesus. You start where you are. And then the feedback helps you build the conversation. And you notice that this course, how Christ moved the conversation to say, I am the Messiah. So be friendly. Don't, don't criticize. Um, one, one of the Libyan guys I was talking to, this is what he said to me. He said, for all we Muslims know, Islam doesn't work. But it's like being in a house with a leaky roof. It's better to be in the house than outside in the rain. See, Iranians know, Iranians know Islam doesn't work. That's why they're here. Okay, 69,000 coming. They know it doesn't work. They're running away from the Taliban, which is an Islamic regime. It's not a Protestant regime. It's not a Baptist. They're Islamic. You know, Iraqis know it doesn't work. Syrians, 11 years. I haven't seen my cousins for 11 years. I can't cross the board. There's a civil war, killing each other. So, mentality, you don't want to spend time criticizing Islam. My Libyan friend needs to know there's a house called the house of Jesus, where the roof doesn't leave. So be friendly. Second, bridge the gospel. Listen and respond. I love to share with you stories, but one of my favorite stories is about this Syrian teacher in Damascus. Who's a believer, born in Christian? She became friends with a devout Sunni Muslim, and the teacher covers. So one day during the break, teacher break, the Muslim asked the Christian, "What do you do when you have problems with your parents?" So the Christian says to her, "I pray, I ask God to give me wisdom." So the Muslim teacher said, "Oh, you Christians never pray." So the Christian teacher says, yeah, "We pray." The Muslim says, "No." You guys never pray. The Christian says, no, we pray. So the Muslim told the Christian, she said, I never saw you bow towards Rome. Ah, how do Muslims pray? They bow towards Mecca. So in her mind, she thought Christians pray by bowing towards Rome. She told her, no, the Bible says the whole earth is a place of worship. The whole earth is a temple. You can pray anytime, anywhere. So the Muslim teacher asked for a Bible. She reads the Bible. Two years later, she gets baptized. On her, at her baptism, they ask her, why do you want to be baptized? She says, Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I found, I found the master and the friend who will never leave me. So many times the teacher started work. She brings the gospel word. She only talked about prayer. So if you are in the medical field, that's awesome. You know that's a great door. And my sister, if you are there, thank you. One of the biggest problems today in the Muslim world is according to Islam, a Muslim woman cannot be seen by a male doctor. So many times a simple infection, 
will become a problem because she has not seen a doctor for 10 years, 18 years. We were on a mission trip in Lebanon, in the Bekaa Valley. In the Bekaa Valley, there's these Bedouin tribes. They're all these tents. You know, they look black on the outside. That's all goat, goat skin. And we go there, literally, so we go. And one of the people on my team was, I think he was from Pennsylvania, maybe Michigan, tall gentleman. And he was having a disease where the pigment uh, disappears. Uh, you know, it's not a major thing, just the pigment. So when you enter, those ten, the tents on the outside look small. When we enter, it's huge. There's carpet everywhere. We're sitting, we have shy tea. And then the, they're very, uh, the order is very important. So the sheikh, the big, the, the, the kind of the leader was sitting there. So we had tea, and as we're leaving, he says to me, Eric, you and that boy stay here. I want to talk to you. So everybody leaves. He comes, he goes, uh, what is his problem? So what do you mean? He goes, why is his skin different? I said to the guy, he said, hey, you want to tell him what's going on? He said, yeah, I went to the doctor who said my losing my pigment. So I told him. So he looks at his wife. He says, bring her out. He bring his daughter out. She's covered black from top to bottom. And he says, daughter says, show the pastor the arm. He pulls her sleeve. And her arm is messed up like this. He said, 10 years ago, she had something like that. And we went to all these shamans, these doctors, witch doctors. When Syria, Jordan, went to Egypt. In Egypt, they put, they put acid. They put acid on her arm. She cannot use it. All they had to do is take her to the doctor. But because Dr. Ram was male, mm. So my sisters, you guys are going to be helping a lot. You are in the right spot. And women, God bless you. God has given you a way to connect. You know, women connect fast. Have you heard guys talk? <laughs> I mean, listen to us talk. I mean, we're still in my homes, you know. We're still stuck with my homes and in the store. I listen to my talk to her girlfriend on the phone. And they go deeper too. And God gives you deeper. So if you're in the medical team, whatever it is, nurse, Public health, doctor, PA, please, ladies, we need you. Anybody here going overseas? Yes, yes, okay. Those who are not going, hey guys, they have Wi-Fi overseas. So okay, you can go for two weeks, so why? Just go. And if you are if you are from the female gender, we need you overseas because the Bible says God created humans in his own image. Male and female. You are created in the image of God. You are not created in the image of man. Both of us create the image of God. Isn't that powerful? That's the, that's the gospel we're presenting. So we need to see men like organizations. Women start movements. So God's going to use it, okay? Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of it. If we're going to change the Muslim world, you have to take the moms and the sisters and the daughters. And it's happening. Um, two Afghan ladies were watch, watching the, the movie on the life of Christ. They have their scarves on. And the movie ends and they're crying. And the American lady says to them, why are you crying? Are you crying because Jesus hung on the cross? And he said, no, we're crying because he rose from the dead and no one told us. The Quran mentions Jesus 93 times and says he raised the dead but doesn't tell the story. He did miracles, doesn't tell the story. We don't know the end of the life of Jesus. We know he was born of a virgin and they got to go to heaven. That's all they tell him. And they were crying, they never heard of the resurrection. And God's going to use you, whether you're man or woman, to tell another person about the resurrection of Jesus. So finally, also always give a Bible. Give them a Bible, read Bible verses, don't be afraid. Now, this is not easy. Nobody's saying it's easy. 
It's not easy working with Muslims. But not everything is hard. Do you think Americans are easy? I mean, I was on a flight from Indiana to Dallas. I got the RLC, and this good guy, tall guy, sat next to me. He said to me, what do you do? I said, I'm an evangelical minister. He said to me, oh, I love baby Jesus. I said, don't serve Jesus, grow up and have more to say. Some people still waiting for baby Jesus. Baby Jesus has already solved the problem. So every field is hard. The Americans are hard. Every field has its difficulty. First, work on yourself. Second, work on the communication. Third, who are we talking to? Are we talking to a refugee? Are we talking to a fellow doctor? Are we talking to Shia? Sunni? You need to understand their background. You need to also understand their culture. Next week, Sahir Challenge, we're going to go through 12 keys to understanding culture. We think that immediately we can start the conversation and, oh, they're going to have to be saved or not. That's not, no, you have to understand the culture. And Jesus told stories. What? Do you know when you read the words of Jesus, many times when he made these statements, they rhyme. They rhyme even in the Greek. Seek, uh, ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will open to you. Who of you, if your son asks for an egg, will give him a snake? For a uh, fish, he'll give him a scorpion. See, you memorize it, it's rhyme. It's a, it's a way. He told a story about a father with how many sons? Two sons. See, you gotta understand the culture. There are 12 keys to understand culture. I came to America as an international student. You know, I had hair down my shoulders. I came to America, I had studied English for 12 years because I learned it in high school, but I went to school. So I get to America, found Americans don't speak English, they speak America. <laughs> my friend said to me, hey, I just want to talk to you, I want to pick your brain. Don't you dare touch me. <laughs> My roommate, my classmate was from Oklahoma. He said, don't miss the final, you gotta get good, uh, sorry, the mentor, because don't, don't, don't uh, miss the midterm, you gotta get good grade in the midterm. I said, why? He goes, if you miss the midterm in this class, you'll be up the creek. I said, I'll be up the creek? He goes, yeah, you'll be up the creek without a paddle. I said, it's not a canoe, it's not. His brother, his brother just graduated, I met his brother. I said, hey, how's your brother doing in his new job? He said, uh, they gave him the boot. I, I, I said, they gave him cowboy boots? He goes, no, 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 he's low on the totem pole. Where does he work? Nebraska? You know, I mean, it was so hard. My friend Chris, he was 6'4", you know, told me, I said, hey, Chris, I don't have any toothpaste. Where can I buy some toothpaste? He goes, oh, just two blocks, you can get to the drugstore. Drug store, put in Arabic. Drugs? I don't know, it's like, why don't I go there? I don't do drugs. He goes, no, it's a drugstore. It's a common name, right? It's a supermarket. So many times our words we have to understand the language, understand the geography, the facts. One of the biggest problems for Afghan is Afghanistan is a landlocked country. Anybody who shows up is a stranger. Lebanon is on the sea. Lebanon, we have this joke, we say all the invaders died here. Well, yeah, because they beat us up. So the Greeks came, the Egyptians came, everybody beat us up. So Lebanese are very eclectic. We learn different language, we always try to make a deal. Hey, welcome to our country. We'll show you the country is the size of Connecticut. I can drive from Beirut, Lebanon, to Damascus, Syria, two countries in an hour and a half. I drove 20 hours and I was still in the same Texas. 
I go from Indiana to Colorado. Do you know after Topeka there are no exits in Kansas? And I have an 80-year-old daughter who has to stop every exit. My baby, you're going to have to go here. You know, the idea is, it's geography's history. Most people, when they study about the World War II, Adolf Hitler is, is taught as a Christian. If you believe that Christians, uh, that Adolf Hitler was a Christian, what do you think of the Christian faith? My classmates tell me, we don't want to become Christian because Christians worship three gods. And I'll say, which three gods? And say, God the Father, Mary the Mother, and Jesus the Son. And I'm like, what? There was no sexual act here. I said, you just insulted two billion Christians. We don't think that way, but that's what they told. So many times as you're communicating, you have to understand what they're seeing. When you say I'm a Christian, what does that mean to them? So many times I use words like, I'm an Injil, I follow the Injil, or I'm a practicing believer, or I'm a committed Christian. you got to say that because we don't know where they're coming from. They could be they could be people born in America, and they understand when you see a Christian that they're committed. They get it. And what if they're from another country? What if they're from Nigeria? What if they're from another place? Uh, my Nigerian Uber driver was telling me that the reason Islam is better than Christianity is because it allows me to have a second one. Because while we're driving to the airport, I said, man, I'm gone. I'm going to be gone about eight days. I'm going to miss my wife. He goes, oh, it's okay. When you get there, you can have a second one. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you didn't have me. So when you get to the where you're going, you can marry somebody for eight days. That's true. It's called Nisiyah or Mutah. And I said, well, what do I do with my first wife? She might want to have a second husband when I'm gone. He goes, no, she shouldn't. I said, why not? He goes, who pays for the mortgage? I said, I do. See? Who pays for the groceries? I go, see? So she has to be faithful for you. Because you're doing all the payment. I'm like, what? It's a marriage. It's not a contract. What is that? The contract that if I pay the mortgage, you'll stay with me? You know, it's amazing. So I'm sitting, I'm driving, talking about this word, Nigeria. No, in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm thinking, I, I don't know more broadcast on TV, this one, because like, it's politically incorrect. But the whole idea, this is the concept of healing. you got to know yourself, know the 12 keys. One of the keys is humor. Some of our jokes are like, I can't say anything. My supervisor says, no, it's not good. Don't say it. So you learn humor. Humor knows it. The other one is social distance and time. When does dinner start in America? Six. Six thirty. Then you have to catch bachelorette, right? Yes, And now now you start cooking at nine. We did it. See, it's different. When I came to America, I found that there's social distance you talk to people, right? In America, you have to go back. Your thumb should be in their ear. Okay, now, this is American social distance. My wife is American. We moved to Lebanon. And she told me, honey, why do you talk to my nose? <laughs> so like, oh, 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 yeah, 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 So cool, so you can tell everything. But that's social, you have to understand. Uh, humor, uh, money, how do you deal with money? So, I don't have the time to cover this, but next week there's a whole section on culture. And then we go into understanding of magic and Islam. One of the biggest problems is when we talk about God, and you might go to a place and you see this calligraphy there. There are 99 beautiful names of God. And the Quran is 104. But they like the number 99 because 9 is a magical number. 9 times 1 is 9. 9 times 2 18. 
It's okay, it's a good country, you can answer. 18. 8 plus 1 is 9. 9 times 3? 27. 7 plus 2 is 9. You go away, 9 times 9, 81, 8 plus 1. So it's a magical number. Times 11, which is a prime number. So they say it's 99. But the Quran is 104 names. But the names of God are the characteristics of God. So Allah al-Quddus means God is holy. Allah al-Malik, God is the king. God, Allah al-Rahim means God is, is uh, merciful. So we can work with these to start building a conversation. But woven in Islam is focused on. How many here have been to a Muslim home? Okay. When you entered, was there a smell of incense? If there is, this means they were trying to ward off jinn. When you entered, did you take your shoes off? Why? Because you might be bringing something from outside. We gave a Bible to a uh, Saudi, he brought it back the next day. Because he said all night the jinn was on the ceiling staring at him. Who are the jinn? There are 40 types of jinn. We'll discuss those whole session in Sahara Challenge. There are 40 types of jinn. They are half demonic, half humans. And they're supposed to punish you. And the word majnoon in Arabic means genie struck. And we use that when people have mental illness. Instead of saying there's a mental illness, they say he's majnoon, he's genie struck. So when a baby is born in Uzbekistan, they kill a chicken and they put the blood on the nose every opening. And on the lip, they tell you we're trying to make the jinn not enter. Isn't that weird that he's what? Ooh. But the idea is, well, uh, I was out. If, if you enter a home and you say, oh, I like this chair. If you don't say, mashallah, they give it to you. So, oh, thank you, you take it. Why? Because they know that something's going to be cursed. Something's going to happen. So many times, uh, in the previous session, some young man said, well, thank you for answering this question for me. I was wondering why they gave me a gift. <laughs> when they gave me a thing, I said, give for a thing this nice. I said, well, it's okay. They give it to you. Christmas is coming. Grab it and give it back to them as a Christmas gift. But the idea is, you're not supposed to keep anything you like. And if you have blue eyes, that's a problem. Because they believe those with the blue eyes can curse. It's something so weird. Uh, many times, if you're in the Middle East, you see a bumper with a sandal, like a flip-flop handy. But I remember my, my, my sweet wife, we were married, we were married like three months, and we're driving to Beirut, and this car in front of us had a sandal hanging. And my wife said, oh, look, look, honey, this guy forgot his shoe. I said, no, I put it there on purpose. Because the sandal will attract your eye, and that's protecting it from the evil eye. You had a hand with the eye in the middle. I'm sure you've seen that on necklaces. That's called the hand of Fatima. Fatima's the daughter of Muhammad, and she was the only one that survived. All his other children died. So they believed there was a curse on Muhammad. But Fatima survived the curse. That's why it's the hand of Fatima. So it's very important to understand when I'm talking to somebody, if you're if you're in a clinic, if you're if you're PA, if you're a medical doctor, if you're a nurse, you're there, you have to understand that that person, even if they're educated, they might be involved in what we call magic or folk Islam. Folk Islam, if you want to read more on it, read a book by Bill Musk called The Unseen Face of Islam. Go to the next to my house. He knows he knew my dad. But Bill Musk talks a lot about those things. Like for example, uh, they would uh, they would uh, write the second chapter of the Quran on a piece of paper in ink and then they will wash it. And then the ink is now in the water and you're supposed to either wash your face or drink it to protect you. So it's very important to understand these things. You cannot minister just the mind. you got to touch the heart. And so at Sahara Chan, we talk deeper on this. Now, talking about Jesus, 
is in my book Connecting with Muslims, the first section is called Speaking Like Jesus. It's very powerful. With a Samaritan woman, it's a one story. With Zacchaeus, another story. With Zacchaeus, Jesus invites himself to the house. It's powerful. Because nobody wanted to visit Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. He was working for the enemy. So Christ invites himself. So you want to be speaking like Jesus. The gospel many times is you being Jesus to them. Uh, and then the second part is answering the six common questions that Muslims ask. So really encourage you, you can get this uh, in the Varsity Press. It's, already, oh, it's an e-book. In, uh, you can go to farmbossy.com get it if you have different languages. It's in German and French. But really encourage you to focus on this. So understand who you are. Get a good how to start a conversation. How to end the conversation. Okay? Next, who am I talking to? What is their background? Sunni Shia. Are they are they focused long? Are they involved in this magic? And then you want to make sure that you are able to build the bridge. Now I would recommend this booklet. It's a, it's a tool, just a tool. I will give you the five basic points on this. Because what happens many times when we're talking to Muslims. We do not know how to articulate our faith. I remember uh, asking some Christians, I said, uh, if the Muslims ask you, what do all Christians believe? How would you answer? Well, it goes, it depends. If I'm a Baptist or a Pentecostal, like, oh, wait, 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 before this. What are the basic beliefs of all Christians? Because in Islam, it's easy. We believe in God. His, his angels, that includes demons and jinn, and his prophets, that includes Alexander the Great, he's a prophet to the Islam. In the four books of Islam, the Torah of Moses, the Psalms of David, the New Testament of Jesus, and the Quran of Muhammad, and they believe in Judgment Day. What are the five things all Christians believe? Okay, that's good. He died for our sins. Nine persons? He died for our sins. He died for our sins, yes. I love masks. <laughs> okay, so we're now at two. Okay, the two basic things. I came with five. We believe in one God. Uh, born, born sinners? We're born sinners, okay, that's a good one. The resurrection. The resurrection four. How about baptism? Should it fit? How about communion? How about diving? I got seven, right? So I, I made my own. You can use them. The five are one God, one Savior. His name is Jesus. He's the Word of God. One Spirit. You don't know me, but the Spirit of God. I was down with the throne. And then one message. The New Testament, that's all message. And then one family. You come to my house, you come to my house, I'll take care of you. Not because you attended this, you're my brother, you're my sister, you're your family. So with that outreach, I want to finish, I want to end this, is, this is five points. When I'm talking to a Muslim, um, let's say, let's say you, you meet the first patient. Okay, his name is Muhammad. Okay? The five points is start with God's love, God's holy, you cannot communicate with sin, God is just, he must punish him. God is merciful, Ar-Rahim, and he sent Jesus to be the man of God. And then Allah, God is forgiving. You can receive forgiveness now. 
Because in Islam, you have to wait till judgment day. See, Ramadan comes at the end. Sorry, Ramadan is a big thing that we talk about. And at the end of it comes Eid al-Fitr. But Eid al-Fitr is a small feast. The big feast is 70 days after the end of Ramadan. Muslims kill a sheep. Everywhere. They kill a sheep. The Africans love to kill a goat. And they cook it and they feed people. But they tell, they tell them, why are you doing this? They say, we're doing this because God redeemed the son of Abraham with a sheep. <gasps> okay? Jesus is the Lamb of God. So the whole push here, so if I'm talking about Muhammad the first time, I'm talking about God loves all people. Okay? The next time when I'm talking about God is holy, God communicate with sinners. See, now I have a grid in my mind. See what I'm saying? I have a grid in my mind, so I know where I'm going. If you don't like this, that's fine. Use another tool. Fine, but use a tool. Because the next day you have Fatima. With Fatima you start with one. So you're always having a plan. Then, you know, the third time, if you, if you have an area where there's time to go, go deeper, for example, maybe you visit their home. And the person says, hey, can we talk more? Why do you say to your son of God? Great, thank you. Be prepared to answer that. There's a lot of materials on our website to answer that. One of the saddest conversations, I was in Orlando, Florida, and this lady, sweet lady, lived two years in a Muslim country as an English teacher. I said, how was it? She goes, well, I tried not to offend Muslims. I said, like, what do you mean? She goes, you asked me questions, but I didn't want to answer. I said, okay, like, what kind of question did they ask you? Well, they asked her, why is she a Christian? And they said, okay, did you answer? She goes, no, I don't want to offend them. How are you offending them? They're asking you why you're a Christian. They asked her, why does she believe Jesus died on the cross? I said, did you answer? No, I don't want to offend them. But they're asking. <laughs> how easy does it get? I mean, they're asking you. And with the internet, it's amazing. One of my friends worked in a very close country. He's an English teacher. He mentioned one time in class that he is a follower of Christ. That's all. Three months later, this young boy, 17 year old, says, Hey, can you baptize me? I want to become a Christian. And the teacher says, Well, we're not talking about anything about the gospel. He goes, Don't worry. I've been watching YouTube clips. I, I've learned about hatred. I had a question on Trinity. This, this person answered. I was so happy. He would go and look on YouTube and find these major apologists. And he's reading and goes, I'm ready. I, I had all my questions answered. So God is moving even through the internet. Right now, Crescent Project has 400, well, 420 online work missionaries. All volunteers. You can join us. And they're talking to people around the globe. Indonesia, Nigeria, you know, uh, Somalia, because the internet, everybody wants to enter. That's the first tool they ask you. You cannot control the internet. So they're coming in, they're asking questions. So we have five minutes, and then we'll break, right? How are we doing? We're actually time's up. Time's up? Okay, I'll be up front. Please, if you want to know more, I'll give you some of the materials. But thank you for being here. I appreciate your patience. Hey, I have 60 seconds. It says 3.9.